Welcome back to the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series where we explore the 12 pillars of mindful leadership that unlock your ability to create more profit, more focus, more productivity, and much more satisfaction. Let's jump in. Okay, Eric, we are back. This is episode two, and we're going to be talking about presence and purpose and a lot of the aspects of your book, Profit with Presence. My first question really comes from a line in your book that it was another one of those ones where I line, underlined and circled, and that is, you say presence is the primary purpose of life and business. What, say more about that. What do you mean by that? Well, it's just to be awake and to realize that we're human and what we're doing and to be consciously doing it, to be intentional and consciously doing things. I mean, the statistics show, I think it's something like 95% of our actions are habitual. We're just taking the next step. You know, we don't even really know what we're doing. And we can multitask. We can do six things, but we're only going to be conscious of one of them, maybe two, you know, depending on the sides of our brain and other things going on. So um, it's like, what's a life worth that you're just walking around asleep? You know, it's just like being waking up and being alert and awake of what you're doing is presence. And I believe that when I bring presence to something, I show up in a particular way that's very powerful. And I can move things when I'm present. When I'm not, you know, and just think about like with your kids. They just want your presence. They just want your attention. That's all. That's the only requirement of parenting. Is paying attention. There's some other requirements. That's a little bit of an overstatement, but but that's the primary thing that kids want is your attention. And we're just so, so stingy with it. Well, I would definitely say that all things flow from our presence, you know, all of, as, as parents. But it's interesting when you say that about just sleepwalking through life, just being total automation mode. I don't, I definitely don't recognize it throughout the day. But if you were ever to ask me just to sort of sit at the end of the day and reflect on my day and see when was I really, really present? Like when was I fully there? Yeah. It's not very much, right? Like yeah. maybe if there was a really great sunset or if I got really engrossed into a great conversation. But most of the time my automated mind just kicks in and goes yada, yada, yada. You know, let's, let's, let's use as few resources as possible at any given time. Let's not put ourselves fully in this because that's going to take a lot of energy. It's true. It's amazing how much we're asleep. And the practice is noticing when we're present, noticing when we go away and coming back, mm -hmm. noticing when we go away and coming back. Because without, without noticing, you know, we can just go off in that, you know, in that thought stream and not really be there for most of our day. You know, and just bumble around to the next thought stream and the next this. But what, so even like a short mindfulness practice or meditation practice is training us to notice when we're there and notice when we go away and come back. Notice when we go away and come back. And there's times to go away. You know, there's times I got to figure out a math problem or, you know, really think something through and, you know, and, and, and go away. And that's, that's okay. And that can be presence, you know, and that time I'm just really focusing on this thing. But most of the time, I, I want to focus on who I'm with and what I'm doing in the moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you, you referred to that in our last episode as like, if we're not present, then are we actually in our lives? Like, what, what's the point in all the things we do to make our lives fun and comfortable and connected 
if we're actually never there, like we're still sort of mentally checked out all the time. We're missing it. Totally. Totally. So I, I, I think it's, it's the thing, no matter what you're doing, you could be, you know, billionaire on a yacht and doing all that I sing. Even then, if you're not present, who cares? You know, if I had nice things, I'd like to be present to them, experience them and, and nature, just, just even a, just a walk. If you can be present in it versus on your phone, yatting, chatting and doing all those kind of things. The difference of the energy you have when you get back from the walk is enormous. Try this leader. Just take a, you know, a half a mile walk, leave your phone at home and see the difference, the qualitative difference when you get back and just looking at the trees and breathing and those kind of things rather than just being our head and thought or on the phone or whatever else it is, just being present for that little bit of time can enrich in your lives. Mm, it's just a night and day difference. Let's shift a little bit to talking about purpose. And there's a section in the book where you write that identifying your purpose in life dramatically improves motivation and presence, which allow business to thrive. How does it impact motivation? Well, I, I just think a lot of people that aren't, aren't motivated don't know why they're here or what they're doing. In that when people find their purpose, that they get up and do things. You find, and I think the same for leadership. If some people feel it's just, I'm a leader, put me in a situation, wherever it is, and I'll be, I'll rise to the top and I'll lead here or there. My experience that real leadership comes from passion and, and presence, and that comes from purpose that they know there's something that they really care about and they just step into actions to make things move. And a lot of people, that, or I hear uh, companies say this, I can't get them motivated. I just can't get them motivated. Or kids, I can't get them motivated. And I say, look and see if anybody's even spent some time figuring out what their purpose is. You know, why are they doing it? You know, and... Often, you know, people think it's just the money. Well, I think that's a shallow one. Really finding a deeper purpose, a deeper meaning in life can uh, make a huge difference in motivation. You know, you have such a unique way of reframing things for the business world that have them just make more sense, that they just seem to click. And for example, using the word focus, right, instead of mindfulness, instead of presence. What about with purpose? Because I feel like purpose can be one of those words that could sort of cause some eye rolls. Like, oh, God, now what are we talking about? I feel like part of the reason why that happens is that we feel like we're supposed to have the same purposes like the Dalai Lama or Gandhi or like we're supposed to have these grand, life-changing, world-altering purposes. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you look at purpose in a way that makes it a little more digestible to people, especially in the business world? Well, I'll go back a little bit to, you know, some of the origins of where this work came from, like Hindu and Buddhism and those kind of things is, you know, they were renunciates, right? They renounce all their possessions and go sit on the hill, the Dalai Lama example or whatever, you know, they're just that. There's also householders, people that are there in the community and they raise families and they have responsibilities and those kind of things. And it's different for those people. And I'm one of those. You know, I'm a business person. That's that's what I do. It's it's you know that's my duty. Uh, so for for me, 
I have to be able to move things. I run a business, you know, I have to be able to set goals. I have to be able to, to uh, accomplish things. I have to be able to, you know, file reports. I have, and I have to look at cash flows. I have to do all those kind of things. Uh, and I have to make a profit or I'll be out of business. But my, my purpose is not the profit. My purpose is, you know, to deliver a product that's needed that I, you know, get some uh, benefit from doing. I get some jazz out of that I enjoy doing those kind of things. If it's just strictly for the end profit, I think that's pretty shallow. And I'll, and I won't find a lot of happiness in that pursuit. So you say in the book that, that if business exists to support life, then the purpose of business must be consistent with the purpose of life. That was one of those moments where I was like, hmm, I'm going to have to get him to explain that one. Can you, can you, well, how, that? we're going to spend, you know, half of our waking time at work. Are we going to spend half of our waking time contrary to what our purpose in life is? You know, so that, and also to be honest, it's our best time. It's the time when we have energy, when we're, you know, for me anyway, I have way more energy during the day than I do after I've worked eight or 10 hours and I go home and have dinner uh, to think, okay, now, uh, you know, I go to work all day so I can have a life afterwards. To me, it's not acceptable. I want to live all day long, which means I have to feel like I'm delivering on my purpose and I can be present and do those things all day long. And if I'm at a dramatically different purpose or even just different, a purpose that's not aligned with what my life is, then I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be filled. And my energy is going to be much less because energy, energy either gets blocked or it flows. And if I'm doing things that I'm not in line with, it blocks my energy. I'm not going to feel as good and I'm not going to be nearly as effective. And it's much harder to be present when I'm doing something that I'm not in alignment with. So that's why that's why I say, how could it be any other way? It can't be any other way. I mean, and I know we all have done it. We, you know, we do it and whatnot and go those things and just chase the buck and that. But then, gosh, it's just such a shortened life versus having one uh, just look at people that are following their passions. Look, they're happy. They glow. You know? Yeah. I think you can do both. And if you're not glowing, you know, work on it. And it may take some time. I'm not telling anybody, to, you know, to walk away and do this, but figure out. Most people I've found, when they find presence and they find how important the relationships are, they find a way to glow with what they do. They spend a little more time talking to people, you know, <laughs> you know, and listening. Listening is such a big part of it. I know we'll talk about that later on in the series. No, I'm hearing you speak, and the what's coming up for me is the cost of being out of alignment. So our work not being in line with our purpose. And what I can say as I reflect back on my professional life is that incongruency is exhausting. It's so draining to do something that either doesn't align with your values, or you just really hate doing, or you really dislike the people that you work with. It takes so much more energy to get through a day like that than in when I reflect on times in my life where I love what I do and I love who I work with and it feels so in line with my values and, and my bigger purpose in life. It's almost effortless. Like it, it takes so much less energy to work like that. 
and you go home at the end of the day and you're not completely depleted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so hard to go home and paste on a smile and listen and, and you know, try to participate at home if you are so exhausted. And we're all going to have those days. I mean, it's not airy-fairy. I mean, we, I'm not saying you're just going to be walking on clouds all the time. <laughs> but if you can have a job that motivates you, that's fun. And also think of for those uh, employers out there, how about your employees? If they feel like they have a purpose and are aligned, They'll have so much more energy. They'll be so much more effective than being depleted, just doing things just because they have to be done just for their paycheck. If you can find something that motivates people, yes, they need a paycheck, and it's got to be fair and all those kind of things. But I don't find, I don't think most employees, that's where they really get their jazz from. They want to be on board with what you're doing, who you are in the community, what you're doing. That's my experience. Would you say that part of the the work of a mindful leader is to not only identify what their purpose is and the purpose of their leadership team, their executive team, but also to facilitate how other people bring purpose to their work? Well, I know we're headed there in the next chapter, vision. Yeah. You know, to set that vision so that people have a, a company worth walking into. You know, that in your future is worth walking into. So I think it's definitely the job of a leader. It's not just to crack the whip. It's to lead through, you know, enthusiasm and giving people a vision and a purpose that says, hey, this is what we're doing, you know, and you'll be paid. But <clears throat> this is why this is why we're doing it. Look where we're going. Look what difference is making. Yeah, what I hear you saying is that motivation or excuse me, um, purpose is almost like the fuel, right? Like it's the thruster. It's, you use the word motivation, but I see it even broader as like it's, it's, it what, it's what fuels us. It's, it's what gives us the energy to do what we want to do. It's popping out of bed versus dragging yourself out of bed. Yeah. You know, uh, here I go again. Oh gosh, I got to go in. It's, you know, I get to go in. Let's go. I'm going. You know, I just think it's, you know, we work so much in the West, in America in particular, so many hours, so many days. It's our culture. And I love to work. So, but I don't love doing everything. But I, I, you know, I think we can, if we find something that we're aligned with, it'll give us energy and we can take that energy home at night too. So how did you do the work of of articulating your purpose. I was going to say finding, like it's something if you turn over the right rock, it's like, there it is, but it's <sighs> that's not how we how it works. We articulate it, we explore it, we discover it. So how, how did that process go for you? I was a blind man. I just got, I was looking for it. You know, I really was. I was really successful CEO young and uh, I was overweight, drinking too much, you know, single and, uh, I did some health things and got back and I just said, ah, I went and got a PhD in economics. Was I going to teach at university and whatnot, which I love, but I really didn't know why I was doing it for a long time. You know, I just knew I needed something else. So just to be candid, I, I stumbled on a lot of it just because I kept searching. I just knew I had an emptiness that business and and money wasn't filling, you know? that I love to do things that cost money. 
You know, I love to travel. I love to snow ski. I love to do you know, all the things. But just business I would burn up, I'd have been dead at 40, probably. I mean, I probably would have. Uh, so through teaching, I started getting connected with people. You know, and I started having a lot of conversations with people. I would thought mostly seniors. I taught for 20 years at CSU, mostly seniors. They come in. I'd say, what are you doing here? I'd say, well, mom and dad said business or engineering and they'd pay for it. And I'd be telling them, well, you ought to figure it out because, you know, next step is job, mortgage, family. You know, you're going to wake up and you're 50. And I really think through that whole process, you so much, I just got more and more for myself all the time. And I really got that. They were my purpose, you know, sharing that with them just lit me up and, you know, and I got more involved and more enthralled with mindfulness and, and helping people find their purpose than I did teaching economics or business or real estate, you know, static models. I said, no, this is, and, and I love those things. I really do. I love it all. But I said, this is something that really makes a difference. You know, it doesn't matter if you're great at finance, if you're miserable, you know, it really doesn't, but what can you do to, to really change your life? And I, I've found it's, you know, connecting with people. So what would you say to someone who is thinking that, okay, the, the real path to purpose and mindfulness is I have to go on a sabbatical or I've got to change my career. I've got to close my business. I've got to, you know, I need to go airstream around the country for a year that's how I'm going to figure this all out and then and practically that's just not going to be possible for a lot of people to take you know a real sabbatical from their lives in order to do this work and yet I know you know that it, that's not necessary you don't have to take a vacation from your life in order to in order to bring more presence and more mindfulness to it so how how do you Respond to people who who see that as the only way, that don't see that they can get this way within the life that they already have. Always. I mean, one is that, you know, enlightenment might be a lot easier if you're out in a desert without any people around. Yeah. <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> Eckhart Tolle, what does he say? He says, human interaction can be hell or a great spiritual experience. Uh, it's so, I mean, if you don't have anybody around, it's going to be a lot easier with those things. But you're probably also not, I mean, craving interaction as, as human beings, it's probably going to be helpful to, to be around people. So I think being around people is the training ground. You know, it's how learning and trying to navigate those things and learning to have relationship and learning not to take everything personally and all those things, being human. Uh, you know, it may be... It, uh, it may be much richer to do it at doing what you're doing, you know, and, do, and dealing with that because every day you've got a rich training ground of, you know, interactions. And I always, I say to people, practice on us. Practice here and then take it on. Practice here and take it to work, whatever, but practice, you know, these interactions because, yeah, it's not easy, you know, but it's so rich and so important. The other thing I would say is, you know, there's also in the Eastern traditions the, the ideas of instant enlightenment or gradual enlightenment. I haven't witnessed the the instant enlightenment. I certainly haven't experienced myself. I mean, I read about Byron Katie and Eckhart Tolle and some of those that have, have you know have had those epiphany moments. But I think most people, a gradual approach 
is much better. That's why I say I say start with ten minutes a day. You know, reading something, two minutes of meditation. If you and you don't even have to be meditation, but start with thing and and be consistent as you can over a long period of time. Be patient with yourself, but have that course of action. Get a support group. All those things. Just be patient with it. It's probably much richer to do it in a busy work, you know, life. Then, I mean, and you may, if you have the opportunity and you want to do it and you can't, I mean, it's not going to hurt you to go take a sabbatical and go do it, but you may find when you come back in the middle of the mix, you weren't quite as clear as you thought you were because you've taken away a lot of the things that trigger us, right? And the, the whole thing is, can I be triggered and, you know, not have it ruin my whole day, not react with anger and those kind of things but i don't I mean i don't my experience is i'm still triggered oh yeah <laughs> me too. yeah me too. yeah i wish sometimes i wish it wasn't true but i'm still there especially in families the hardest because it's those pathways run so deep my uh my youngest said to me uh and he's actually come through our mindful leadership program he said dad I think you're a lot better at this than other people than you are with us. Oh, that's so great. Well, I, gosh, I just feel so much clearer about purpose. And then in the next episode, which I can't wait to get into, we're going to be talking about clarity. We're going to talk about vision that you alluded to, intention, commitment, habits. So this is like infusing this into all the parts of our life that really matter, that help us to be the leaders that we want to be in any area of our life, no matter what it is that we're doing. So I'm excited for that one. So thank you for today. I love this so much. Alrighty. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series. For more details about tools or links we may have discussed in this episode, and to learn more about Eric's Mindful Leadership Program, visit www.livinginthegap.org. Bye for now.